Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast for nannies by nannies. Each week, we take one topic concerning nannying, children, activities, and adventures, and we talk about it with a guest. Um, my name is Martha Reddick, and I am your host. And today, my guest is Katie Leinecke, a dear friend of mine, my former roommate, and an amazing nanny and inspiration, really. Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. I, I actually very much mean that. I That's said it delightful. somewhat in a facetious way, but I, you really do inspire me. I trust me you. I trust you. As a nanny and a person. Oh, likewise. Um, so a little bit of background about myself. I have been nannying in the city of Chicago for the past five years. I have my master's in secondary English education, uh, which is high school age. Um, but when I moved to Chicago, I sort of fell into a nannying job and just adored it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also am an actress and a teaching artist. So I also work with kids in a theater capacity as well. Uh, Katie, let's hear a little bit about your background. I have also been a nanny for about five years. I was formerly an, an actress until I realized I loved working with children much more than I loved performing. <laughs> uh, and then I earned a teaching certificate. I put myself back through school one class at a time, and I will be teaching a class in the fall at a preschool. That's so wonderful. Yes, thank you. And still nannying. Yes, I will be nannying and house managing in the afternoon. I have nannied and house managed for five years, and they were like, how can we keep you when our daughter (laughs) goes to kindergarten? So yes, we found a way. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. So today we are going to be discussing kindness um, and empathy, fostering empathy and all of those good things, uh, especially at this time in America's history. Mm -hmm. I have found that it helps me emotionally to focus on um, helping children find ways to be kind and look for those opportunities um, to extend kindness instead of competition or um, anger. Right. Uh, Because it is, it's so easy. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, little little bodies with so much energy yeah. and, and yeah. directing that energy into into kindness right. um, is so powerful. It is. 
Um, something that I have been doing with the two children that I currently nanny, who are three and five. Wow. Um, <laughs> they, uh, we have been doing a thing called the kindness project mm-hmm. that I have been doing with them. And so we, um, went to the dollar store and got a jar, um, and two different colors of those little like marbly beads that go in the bottom of an aquarium. Mm-hmm. So they're glass mm-hmm. and that makes them feel more real. Yeah. And um, special. And special. Yes. Right. Yes. It's um, an adult material. Right. And it's something that could be broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they each got their got to pick out their own color. Mm. And every time they do something kind or we all do something kind together, mm-hmm. they get to put one of those little marbles into the jar. Right. And so then they're all blending together to mm-hmm. th- both of the colors, um, which and we watch it fill up. And so once it fills up, mm-hmm. we are going to go do a really fun activity together. Something kind for yourself something kind for ourselves a treat yourself day treat yourself (laughs) exactly um so that has been something that I have been working on uh currently with the kids that I nanny um and I ended up asking you a little bit about Mm -hmm. um because I know that you have a lot of articles and things like that about kindness and empathy building because it's so important it is especially at this age right um because it it can easily I feel like if you don't discuss it it is something that cannot get discussed Mm -hmm. and then once they get into school it's so easy to just not be kind yeah yeah sadly (laughs) um because the the preschooler heart is so full and I feel like especially maybe around fourth grade it just shrivels up like the Grinch (laughs) sometimes or it can. Yes, it can. Something that we were talking about is is those different stages mm-hmm. of of preschoolers versus uh, when they learn to lie. Right. Yes. Lying is a developmental milestone, friends. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like one, but lying is actually uh, a milestone in that they have come to be aware of other people's perspectives. And that someone else might not like something that they did. So for those of you who have been working with very young children, you'll have an experience where someone's like, she hit me. And you say, did you hit him? And she says, yeah. And you say, <laughs> did you do it on purpose? And she's like, yeah. So um, when they start to be able to lie, although it's frowned upon right. in our society, uh, that's actually... A significant moment in that they're actually able to consider someone other than themselves because children when they're very young are considered egocentric is what we Mm -hmm. call it in the early childhood world and that's not bad or wrong that's just a focus on themselves and they they come to grow out of that around four or five they become more altruistic and they start to share and want to know how to be nice to their friends and it's really important to take that perspective building and um, help them use it for good. Right, right. And you were talking about the um, giving a toy back if you've stolen a toy and it made someone else cry. Right. When children are very young, if they take something from another child and they start crying and throwing a fit, the child, when they're very little, might give it back. And it seems nice, but it's mostly because they want the crying to stop because the crying is bothering them. But when they reach 
three or four, mostly four, maybe right. not three. No. Uh, they start to think, oh, Tim is sad because I took his truck. Maybe I should give his truck back to him. I would feel sad if someone took my truck. And so it's very basic, rudimentary recognizing of emotions. And as a caregiver or a nanny or a parent, um, although this is for nannies, um, <laughs> you can help them by giving them the words to identify their emotions when they're having them. Right. Sarah, you feel sad. You look mad. And that helps them to express themselves and begin to think of others. Right, right. And yes, that emotional identifying mm-hmm. is so important. And um, an activity that I do with with very young kids, actually really just all preschoolers, mm-hmm. is that um, if you're happy and you know it. Clap is, your hands. Is such a good thing. But then you can go into, you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. wipe Cry a tear, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fill it in with whatever scansion yeah. you yeah. want to use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I've found that that's a really, really good way to discuss mm-hmm. different emotions and then taking suggestions from them yes. on that. So, you know, if you're angry and you know it, stomp your foot, things yeah. like that. Um, and and building that language together right. is so important. Right. And and it's very important in teaching that empathy yes. and yes. in imagining what it's like to be another person. Right. right. Um, and how they are feeling at that moment mm-hmm. and why they may be acting that way. Mm-hmm. Something that I have found by doing this kindness project uh, so the first day that we did it, we made little goodie bags and uh-huh. we took it to the library um, because they had been doing there in Chicago. There's a summer program called Rom's Readers. Oh, yeah. Where you read for 200 minutes, mm-hmm. I think, or it might be 500 and you get a book bag yeah um at the end of that and so but every week you can go check in and we had been working with these two specific girls um and they had been asking questions and they were so wonderful and they were volunteers I had Mm -hmm. talked to them Mm -hmm. um they were going into high school so really young too and so we made them bags Mm -hmm. of things that we thought that they would enjoy so asking the boys that I nanny like what do you think the girls would like yes yes so things like that to help them think about other people Mm -hmm. because it's like no I don't I don't think they want toy dinosaurs exactly what you want yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what would your grandma like though right right right. and so we got like some Mardi Gras beads Mm -hmm. and we baked brownies and Hershey kisses and things like that because chocolate the eldest was like, well, my mom really likes chocolate. <laughs> like, I was like, that's good. That's good. That's social referencing. Yes. Right. Yes. And so we put a lot of chocolate in there. <laughs> um, but and then when we took them and gave them those bags, the surprise and genuine happy feelings that they were uh, feeling were just the impact on mm-hmm. the two boys that I nanny mm-hmm. was wonderful um they really 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 saw that oh my gosh that made a difference in their day yeah um and so and then we um about a week later 
we did them for their whole block. Oh. We did little like much, yeah. much less yeah. in each bag. Um, but we made little goodie bags for their whole neighborhood and just right. went around knocking on doors. Right. And actually ended up meeting some neighbors that oh, wow. they hadn't really met before. Mm-hmm. And again, that that surprise. And what we found is that almost every person that we've given one of those goodie bags to has given something back. Wow. Um, yeah. In one way or another, yeah. Uh, one, there's this older couple on their block that was like, "We have popsicles. Would you guys like a popsicle?" Oh, you know? Yeah, they were touched. Yeah. yeah, and so that just exchanging of kindness. We actually, we actually, one time we went through the McDonald's drive-through for me, not for the kids. <laughs> um, no shame. No shame. <laughs> um, I did not pack a lunch that day, so yeah, girl, <laughs> had to do real what problem. I gotta do. Yeah, but we went through the McDonald's drive-through, and we had some of the bags in the car, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Why don't we give one to the McDonald's?" Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, that's great!" And so I pulled the car forward so that um, the older child in the back seat could hand it to oh, her. Oh, yeah. Um, and then waiting for us at the next window, she had two toys Aww, um, from the Happy Meal ready to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just that exchange and that people step up with that kindness back mm-hmm. is so wonderful mm-hmm. to see. And it's not something that you can predict, right? of course. And and you can't count on it mm-hmm. by any means. No. But it is... And that's an important lesson for them to yeah. learn too. Yes. Yes, it is. Because a couple people didn't they just said thank you and yeah took and that's it. fine that's and that's also, fine that's part of the experience right which was a teaching moment sure because they were like why didn't they give us anything they're like but yeah. everyone else has given us something yeah yeah so yeah so something though now because we have have found ways to be kind mm-hmm. um and i have been encouraging them to look for just even small moments like I said I was cold and the older child got up went upstairs and got me a blanket and like that is so kind right but what I have found is that now they definitely want the credit sure for those kind acts it's it's very extrinsically based yes um right now and so I was wondering about your advice for maybe moving that into more of an intrinsic right um that's that's actually totally developmentally appropriate for them uh to be focused on the external reward at this age. Uh, When they hit five and six and seven is when they start uh, thinking in more shades of gray morally. Mm -hmm. Um, But at ages generally two to four, they do things to not get punished, if you will. Um, (laughs) They're sort of black and white. And if I do this, my mom's mad. Or if I do that, I get a timeout. So that's that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. But fostering them and practicing Uh, kindness towards others even if it's not reciprocated is really important and one major way to do that is through modeling by your own behavior oh yeah that's a great point yeah of um of doing of choosing the kind thing Mm -hmm. and and not pointing it out too hard yeah I actually had a moment recently uh I was doing a weekend babysit for Mm -hmm. a family that I had nannied for for three years I haven't been their nanny for two years but we had gone to dinner one night and there was a man out front, uh, and we bought him a pizza because mm-hmm. he didn't have, he was not panhandling, but but right. certainly needy. And we didn't have any money uh, 
cash to give him. But I was like, can I order you a pizza? Totally separately from the children. Right. And I had completely forgotten about it, actually. And the little boy, I saw he's now nine, so he's not little anymore. (laughs) He was like six at the time, maybe. He said, you know what my favorite thing is we ever did together? I'm so glad we bought that man a pizza. And I was like, what? And he was like, remember, we went to that restaurant and we, we bought that man a pizza. And that was really special. And I was like, oh, yeah, I had totally forgotten about it. And by modeling, I mean, even down to how you drive. If the children are in the car with you, yes. not not being aggressive and being like, oh, well, that was kind of unsafe and it made me feel this way. But, you know, maybe they're in a hurry, encouraging perspective. Maybe they're nervous about getting to work. Maybe their wife is having a child somewhere (laughs) and they need help, you know, right. Helping them to consider other people's perspective and being in check of your own emotions is really important for teaching kindness and empathy. Yes. Yes. And that is something that I struggle with uh (laughs) driving not not that I'm aggressive but that I call out other people and I'm like okay well it's okay it's okay to do that (laughs) you know you want them to learn I'm always like hey friend what are you doing there (laughs) yes that's exactly you want over in this lane friend (laughs) okay um and they learn that way too that it's okay to not be pleased Mm -hmm. I always teach the children that their emotions are okay Mm mm-hmm it's okay to feel however you feel. You can't help that, but you can change your behavior. Right. Can't change your feelings, can change your behavior. And that's an important distinction. Right. Yep. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of, oh, I wish you had made a different choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's talk about the other choices you can make. Yeah. Because children hear a lot of, you shouldn't do that. But it's really important to tell children what they can do. Like, don't play with the stick like that. Let me show you how you can play with the stick if you want to play with the stick. These are the ways you can do it safely. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then um, another thing with kindness is being kind to your sibling. Oh, yeah. Because that doesn't (laughs) always happen. A lot of times it's even just it's not a thought. Right. Of like literally we were in a classroom and the older one was being so kind to everyone else. And then their sibling, they were like, I want that blue tambourine. Yeah. Well, that's familiarity of relationship right there, right? You know that person loves you. Um, They talk about, for children, it's important not to force them to say they're sorry for things Mm. because that teaches uh, disingenuous apology. Mm. And that's not what you want. You want them to truly feel sorry when they say they're sorry. So... Instead of saying when you're doing a conflict resolution, like you need to say sorry, you should say, how do you think we could make them feel better? That's really nice. And then they think of an idea and they're involved in the process. Um, When you resolve conflicts with children too, it's really important for empathy building in the conflict resolution process. You listen to both children's side of the story. Mm -hmm. And so you start with, you know, Martha, I really want to hear what you have to say. First, we're going to listen to Logan and hear his side of the story. And then we're going to listen to you. That way the child knows they're going to be heard and they can relax and actually listen to the other person's experience on the conflict that just happened. And that's where a lot of empathy comes because Mm -hmm. they're stretching those muscles of being able to comprehend someone else's experience for the same set of understanding. You know, this is what happened, the factual relationship was I took that toy but this person felt this way and I felt this way and how can we make it better and you 
come up with that as a group instead of forcing them to do something because that creates resistance and resentment. Right, right. And just not thinking through Mm -hmm. any of it. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to say these words and then I'll be done. Right, exactly. Um, Instead of considering how you may have hurt the other person and how you can not do that in the future. Right, and that it somewhat goes back to... um, the process versus product yes of teaching that process of apology instead of the product of apology we need to make it plain to children because i mean these children a three-year-old's only been on the planet for 36 months yeah so they don't come out of the womb knowing how to share they don't come out knowing how to make a proper apology if they feel like apologizing and you Adults expect that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that thought process because we it's ingrained in us. Right. But that's because we've experienced it or learned the hard way or an adult has opened the process up to us to understand. Right. This is why I made that decision. This is what I was thinking, what I was feeling, and this is what I decided to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Great. So something that we've talked about before is um, reading and watching television shows. And especially because I work in theater Mm -hmm. um, with children, this is something that I work in workshops and at camps a lot on is putting yourself literally in another character's shoes. Right. Um, But through reading, if you if you don't have a theater camp or mm-hmm. a, at your disposal at your disposal right. or you don't want to put on a play with two children <laughs> which <laughs> I have do done that? before <laughs> but if you don't want to do that um some some more everyday ways right. of teaching empathy through reading or television shows yeah you you have opportunities all around uh in interactions with other humans or reading books a uh, great way to do this children are very focused on the pictures when mm-hmm. they're very young and can't read the words And so oftentimes we stop because children need it developmentally. And I point to a person's face and I say, how do you think they're feeling? And they might answer. And the key here is that all answers are correct. If they say sad, if they say happy, you say, yeah, kind of happy, kind of (laughs) sad. And you talk about why. You have them elaborate. Why do you think they're feeling that way? Well, because... Steve hit him on the head and took his grasshopper. Steve. Yeah. Oh, Steve. And then you can elaborate from there. I would feel kind of sad too. Would you feel sad? And it helps them realize we all have similar feelings. We're mm-hmm. all this, all different, but all the same. And isn't that wonderful? Right. Um, and if you actually take the time to sit and watch a show with a child, I know that it can be difficult because sometimes you need that time. <laughs> yes. But saying like, oh, what, do, what would you do if that was you is a really important way to build on the experience of other people's perspectives and considering what other people do might be different from you and how we all express emotions differently. Right. Um, actually, an article that I read recently was specifically about Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, mm-hmm. the television show. Yes. That one has been um, studied mm-hmm. and has been shown to help with empathy sure. more than sure. other children's shows but only if you sit and watch it and discuss it yeah if you just show them it it doesn't yeah children need the experience of the loving caregiver with them Mm -hmm. to elaborate and that's important it's like you said you need to make the process plain to them right explain to them why things are happening and help to build on what they already know and scaffold them to the next level of what they can understand next with your help yeah and i think that in books 
pointing out the pictures. That's such a good tool. Yeah. Because they do. I, I mean, almost every kid I've ever nannied has sat and quote unquote read mm-hmm. and they are flipping through the pictures. Right. Um, and sometimes they've memorized the book, which right. is also it's adorable. It's pre-literacy. We love yes. it. Yeah. Yes. It's play reading. Yes. And they're like, oh, I'm reading it because I know all these words. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, pointing out those pictures and and that's also really setting them up for when they can read. Yes. Um, being able to use context clues. Right, right. And that's part of conversation with adults, right? Like right. maybe I'm talking to you and I say something that maybe you find slightly offensive and your eyes get more narrow and I think, oh, Martha didn't like that. I better explain more of my perspective so I can tell her. And that's what makes successful adults is being able to recognize the emotions of others, being able to think about things from their perspective and adjust your behavior as necessary and kindly appropriate. Right, right. Um, Another thing that we have been working on is um, looking for really small opportunities to Mm -hmm. be kind. Mm -hmm. And that can be tricky and especially with like the the fast paced days, um, finding those or really for me, finding time Mm -hmm. to point out (laughs) those opportunities when it's like, Oh, we have to get to soccer in like 12 minutes, 30 minutes away. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but things like that of, and something that I have seen you do when we have play dates together Mm -hmm. is even just picking up trash Yes. Yes. It's really interesting too, because they will imitate you. That goes back to modeling behavior. If you want your children to say please and thank you, you had better say please and thank you to them. Yes. And if you don't want them to talk in harsh tones, you had better talk in friendly tones to them. At one point I, um, I would always say to a child, you know, I don't really like that tone of voice. I don't like to be talked to like that. Could you find a friendlier tone to tell me what you want? And um, one day she said it to a friendly adult or an important adult in her life. And that adult did not love it. Um, And I totally apologized. I said, that's from me. Um, But it, that adult has grown in showing kind tones, even when you're frustrated because self-regulation of emotion is really important. And some adults are still working on it and we need to. Most adults, I would say. Because I know I do. Yeah. And it's really important. I was just telling a friend of mine. It's really important to have control of your face. Yes. And that's where the acting background comes in very handy for nannying. Because if you don't want a child to repeat a behavior, you must have zero reaction to it. Not a negative reaction, not a positive reaction. You must have zero reaction. Right. Because if they see that it works to get your attention, children are really just trying to get their needs met. So some of this undesirable behavior comes from us reinforcing it with not having control of our own emotions and not being kind in moments when we feel frustrated. And we kind of set ourselves up for this trap of our own. Right. Making. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I have... A very dear friend of mine who now lives in LA, but he in every class that I was ever in with him, I would watch him to the detriment of my own learning at times <laughs> because he could not control his face, and it it makes such a difference because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. he he literally just if the teacher said something that he did not agree with, you could see it all over oh, his yeah. face. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and it and was, children are smart. Yes. Children pick up on things. Yes. And yeah, that, that neutral 
reaction is so important and showing like oh you know uh, tell me more about what you're saying because I don't understand right um helping them to find their own perspective and point of view and listening to it not making them change their perspective to yours as part of teaching kindness accepting their boundaries letting them know it's okay to say no to things and I won't be mad at you if you say no Recently, the uh, a child that I've nannied for has said, can I have this? It's okay to say no, which is me. I right. say that. Yes. I'm like, would you please go upstairs and get this? It's okay to say no if you don't want to. Right. And it was really fun to hear her say it back to be able to be okay with the fact that I say no, because that's really a difficult word to hear for many adults and children. For sure. And to see her reflect that and to realize that, I won't be mad at her. She won't be mad at me. And it's a, it's a safe place to set your boundaries. Right. It helps you to be kind when you're not forced to be kind against your will. And teaching that sometimes the kindest thing is to say no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kindness when appropriate. We, we talk about that a lot about for being honest in particular. Is it kind? Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate? Mm-hmm. And is it true? Right. And encouraging them to be honest with their parents even if they think their parents will be mad is a really important thing to do at this age and helping their parents learn to be kind when they respond (laughs) because you want them to be able to come to you in later years if someone's drinking at a party their ride home you want them to feel safe saying hey mom joe was drinking tonight i don't feel comfortable coming home could you please come and get me? Right. You want them to know that it's safe to tell the truth to them, to to you as a parent, and that they won't be punished for doing so. So certainly discipline and limits are important, but recognizing and rewarding appropriate behavior, always right. thank them for their honesty if they're being honest about something and holding on to your own emotions when it's necessary and appropriate to do so. And starting with these smaller things of I took the toy to build up to those bigger, I was at a party that I wasn't, right. that I lied to you about. Right. It's a huge process and they're learning it now. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it be so important to start and be the first person to influence them that it's okay to tell the truth. Right. And that you want to do the right thing and not necessarily the nice thing or the thing that keeps you out of trouble. Yes. Yes. That is so important. Mm-hmm. That's something I am currently working on. Yeah. At times. Yeah. yeah. Well, you think about it. Sometimes the kind thing to do is a thing that does get you in trouble. Right. Like to admit that it wasn't your friend who did something, it was you. And you can see that even now by rewarding them for their honesty and saying, thank you so much for telling me. Here's what is dangerous about that choice and here's what we could do in the future. Right. Back to the stick of it's not don't play with it. It's here's how you can play with it. Right. And setting the limit too of if you don't play with it safely, I will have to take it. Right. Because I want you to be safe and I want the other children to be safe. That's that's helpful, right? Think about driving on a cliff with yeah. no guardrail. The guardrail <laughs> makes you feel good. Can you imagine driving on a bridge with no side protection? That's so nope. scary. And that's how it feels for children because they're learning all the rules <laughs> of human interaction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, wonderful. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to say on kind of, I know there's a ton of things that you want to say, but is there anything else right now? Um, Be kind to the children because they will imitate you. You are their most important teacher Uh, as a nanny and as a parent, parents who might be listening. 
uh, it's important to model that and to model kindness and forgiveness and grace for the children in your lives because you're so meaningful to them and it matters what you do. What you do matters every day. So choose to leave a legacy that is important to you. Kindness and love. What a wonderful thing. Thank you. All right. So Katie has once again brought a wonderful quote for us that this time actually has to do with the, <laughs> the topic that we were, which is not always the case, but yeah. it's a great uh, bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was with two children and we were driving in the car and one child said, Katie, why would someone be mean to someone from a different country? And the other child, I'd been their nanny for about three years, he had said, you know, it's because sometimes when you find someone who's different from you, you're kind of afraid. So sometimes you're mean because you're afraid. And I said, yes, that's right. And he said, yeah, like a there's a boy from my class in China, from China, and he, sometimes kids are mean to him, but I'm not because I know that we're kind of the same, even though we're different. And I said, yes, that's right. And then he said, also, did you know that you can't dig through the earth and come out on China on the other side? (laughs) And I said, yes, that's right. Thinking he was going to tell me about the molten core of the earth. And he had learned that in the first grade. And he said, yeah, you just fall out the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely scientifically accurate. Yeah, we were like right on track. And yeah, then it's like, ah, yes, you're a child. I love it. <laughs> right on the yeah, cusp. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming and talking with me today. And that was very informative for me. Uh, and I hope it was for our listeners, too. Thank you. It was my pleasure. The Chronicles of Nannia is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.